Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to an exclusive interview that features John Pataki, the Executive Vice President at TIAA Bank. In today's interview, John discusses the nation's lack of housing inventory and how it's impacting homebuyer demand and home prices. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? Housing Wire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with John Pataki, the Executive Vice President at TIAA Bank. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily, John. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so listeners, today, John will be speaking to us about the nation's lack of housing inventory and how it's impacting home buyer demand and home prices. John, mortgage rates have obviously been a hot topic this year as they've stayed below 3% for many consecutive weeks, boosting housing demand and acting as a counterweight for the U.S. economy, which is struggling amid the worst public health crisis in more than a century. In your own words, how did mortgage rates impact the 2020 home buying landscape? Well, I think that's one of those classic $64,000 questions. And certainly we are at all time uh, lows. For those of us who have been in the industry a long time, you know, we've, we've gone through many peaks and valleys of great environments, but this, this is a unique one. And some of the low rates are directly and indirectly tied to, you know, as, as you described, you know, the worst public health crisis. And it was, a, you know, the Fed's reaction to try to stimulate support for the economy and the markets by continuing to lower the kind of the bench rate, uh, benchmark rates down to you know zero uh, in essence for uh, Fed funds, overnight money and short-term borrowings that banks uh, participate in. But clearly, I think the, the good thing that lower rates did on the home buying landscape was to allow at least some fuel for the engine. 
uh, I, I, I shudder to think had rates not continued to drift lower, you know, we, we might be in a very different situation. And, and while there has been some, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, there was certainly some reluctance of people to actually participate in the home buying process, both the consumer who's out there looking, as well as the supply chain. So appraisers, realtors, and that everybody was kind of feeling their way. And in the initial months, I mean, there was definitely a, uh, a pullback, but I think we've seen that that step up considerably over, you know, throughout the the summer and into the fall, you know, I think we're at a kind of an unusual inflection point right now with these rising uh, stats coming out every day, increased uh, uh, positive rates, increased hospitalization rates. And, and traditionally the, you know, the Christmas holiday season isn't one of the most robust times uh, of the year for natural home buying. You know, it's still stayed fairly good uh, and, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about inventory as well, uh, which is a factor. But uh, clearly, um, you know, those who have been on the sidelines for a while, these low rates are a great stimulus for them to finally make that commitment and participate in the buying process. So, yeah, you're definitely right about rates uh, influencing home buyer demand. And, and as we talk about mortgage rates, we definitely have to focus on this. As we both know, historically low rates have persuaded thousands of Americans to either purchase new homes or refinance. But like you said, as demand expands, what does that mean for housing inventory? I think it's going to continue to uh, put pressure on it. Um, you know, I think we've seen the existing inventory at, uh, at, at fairly low levels. Houses are turning quickly and you know, we're, we're in, in some markets, and, and it's, I always like to preface, not all markets throughout the U.S. are created equal in terms of, of inventory, in terms of, of uh, uh, cycle time to sell a house. I think times, you know, really uh, vary widely. But in those, uh, you know, in those stronger markets, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, people paying at asking price or above to make sure that they, if they find a house they really want, that what's within their budget. Uh, they want to make sure they don't lose it. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, existing homes, you know, we're, we're hitting a, a tight spot there in terms of the absolute uh, availability. And we haven't, you know, while we've seen improvements and increases in new home construction, you know, it's, it's still being somewhat muted by, I think, the lagging concerns about are we going to see a relapse um, uh, from a COVID perspective, um, are, are we going to see any uh, recessionary pressures that kick in? And so I think the, uh, the, the home builders community, you know, many of whom felt a lot of pain during the financial crisis 08, 09, are, are taking a very guided and measured approach to how, how far should they go with uh, building, uh, particularly from a speculative perspective. All right. See, that's interesting. And so as we talk about this, let's discuss some findings in the latest Housing Starts report. The report, which was issued last month by the U.S. Census Bureau and the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, indicates Housing Starts increased 2.8% year over year in October, highlighting growth in the home building market. In commentary you sent to our newsroom, you said this feverish demand signals consumers are making home buying a priority. However, you did say, with the unresolved problem of dried up housing supply, prices will continue to rise, causing the market to hit a price level that consumers will eventually find too high. My question for you is, is this pace of growth enough to match demand while keeping home prices affordable for the average home buyer? 
Wow. Well, let's, let's try to unpack that question because yeah. that's, a, that's a big one. And again, if the first one was the 64000 this might be the you know, $128,000 one because there's real significant factors here in play. First, you know, the, the housing supply, as I, as I kind of alluded to in the prior comment, it is, you know, it's not dried up, but it's certainly um, slowly but surely evaporating. And we are seeing markets where prices have not only increased, but they're, they're pre-2008, 2007 levels in many, many markets. Um, and we are seeing some inflection to home price affordability, uh, home price indexes, you know, relative to household income. Um, that is starting to stress markets. And, and we are, you know, even at, you know, record low rates, um, sheer cost, you know, using an, a comparison to auto purchasing, you know, people get uh, excited about 0% interest rate on a car. Well, that's great if the car was 30,000. But if now the, that same car is now 60,000, you know, does it really fit my budget or not, whether it's 0% interest or 5%, it may be a rounding error. The fact is, I can't afford the actual purchase. And so I think in some markets, we are seeing that it is, uh, it's going to start pushing out consumers at, at a certain point. I mean, some of the stats that we're looking at and some of the forward forecasts, we are seeing that on a national basis that in 2021, that we should see a, you know, a, it's going to continue to uptick, but not at the same pace as 2020 has been in terms of, of price increases uh, to homes. It, it will start to, to start to temper down um, you know, it's, it's been fueled uh, dramatically by low rates, but I think it's starting that, uh, that course is starting to run out. And, and again, it's, it's, it's market to market, it will vary. Uh, but I think if we look at it on a complete national basis as an aggregate, um, we, we will start to see a pricing out uh, for the consumer in the in the market, or um, they'll have to recalibrate to uh, do I need to look at a different housing option? You know, I can still, particularly for first time home buyers, uh, I might have to look at it a different way than maybe I was originally. But for some, um, it will um, it may move or, or keep them on the sidelines per se. Right, I definitely see how affordability can be an issue right now, especially during the COVID pandemic. Um, I want to switch gears and discuss housing philosophies. Housing Wars columnist Loka Motoshami insists there is no housing inventory shortage, but instead an abundance of Americans aging in place. This implies a significant amount of housing inventory is likely to be back on the market in the future, thus providing more supply to the nation. What do you think about this philosophy? I, I you know, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think that um, people are taking a wait and see as it relates to housing decisions. And I think it's people across the whole spectrum. There are, you know, the uh, using his comment, uh, the aging in place factor, uh, as, as we do have an aging population and, you know, the quantity of, of baby boomers that are homeowners is, is certainly a, a very, very high percentage of home ownership. And we're seeing a delay in the timing uh, of home purchases as represented by the millennials compared to their prior cohort type groups who, uh, whether it's the, the Gen Xers um, or, or the baby boomers, when they would have entered the housing market. And so, you know, there's two factors. And I think the shortage, the pricing is driving some of that activity. Um, but again, 
um, the you know home sales forecasts for 21 are lower than the 2020 numbers, and I think it's it's driven by a variety of assumptions, the continued lag of of COVID, concerns about uh, if there's not another round of of stimulus um, that could again temper markets uh, uh, carrying into uh, 21 that could last much of 21. Um, you know, overall forecasts in terms of mortgage activity is is still very high. It's not as high as 2020 has been, but the, you know, the home purchase activity has looked to be on par for 2021 as it was in 2020. Saying all those 20s is, <laughs> is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think this is one of those watch items. We're going to have to keep tabs as to what is causing the shortage you know, I, I, I think there is a factor for existing inventories that could be uh, fueled some, and I think it's a conservative stance that many are taking, but I also think it's, it's coupled with new housing starts while they have picked back up. Um, they're not necessarily in line um, with what you would expect in such a low, low interest rate environment. So you add both of those factors together and it and it spells that shortage issues will uh, will continue to be a factor. And John, you're right. COVID has really made the market unpredictable. So we'll have to be watching how it behaves in 2021. As we wrap, I'd like to ask: Is there anything you or your company personally believe the housing industry should keep in mind, whether it comes to mortgage rates, supply, demand, or even affordability? Well, I think there's there's a couple things that we need to be mindful of, and that is, you know, always use the past for uh, knowledge uh, and a uh, a compass uh, to push forward towards the future. And uh, and as I mentioned in my earlier comments, I think you know the home buying home building community is using some of that past knowledge as a driver so that they don't create an oversupply. Of, of housing and create a, you know, a, I'll call it a reverse bubble where there's too much inventory and then that's going to adversely um, affect demand and it creates this domino effect um, in the economy. I think we all need to keep our eyes focused on where we are going. You know, we, we've mentioned COVID uh, a, a number of times in, in, this, in this dialogue and, and that's going to continue to be a huge pacing factor. Mortgage rates um, our view is, and I think my colleagues in the industry's view is, mortgage rates are going to stay low for the foreseeable future. And what do I mean by foreseeable future? You know, well out beyond 22 and maybe into 23 um, before uh, we start to see the Fed taking any action that would drive any rising rate uh, momentum. And, and there are some economists that believe we're, we're flat into 2025. But I think, uh, you know, keep, keeping the horizon a little shorter, rates are going to continue to be low. Um, and I, I think one of the other watch items that we also need to keep in mind um, is the affordability uh, quotient. And um, as I mentioned, Mark, certain markets are starting to get priced a little rich and if you look at the average household income in those markets, um, it's starting to stress that. And so I, I think it's the combination of all these factors need to be looked at um, in concert to make sure we're guiding and driving a positive, healthy housing industry, but without creating events that would drive bubbles or uh, temporary or you know, intermediate term blowups in the market. 
That's true. I know that's something that a lot of people that we're talking to have been watching as the market, as we talked about numerous times, is completely unpredictable right now. John, I'd like to say thank you so much for joining us today. You provided us with some really insightful information. Well, again, thank you for uh, having me, and uh, we, uh, we look forward to future conversations like this. Of course. Thank you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily as we wrap up this week's news coverage. As always, we like to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Have a great weekend and catch everyone back here again on Monday.